0: Welcome to the Time Shifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. I would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with the show. Look for the Time Shifters Podcast group on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at TimeShiftersPod, or you can send us a typed or recorded message to TimeShiftersPodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and please check us and our fellow podcasters out over on PodChaser.com. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. All these links can be found on TimeshiftersPodcast.com. Now let's head to the Timeshifter Studio and start the show. Everyone, and welcome back to Time Shifters. This is Christopher, and this uh, across from me on, on Skype is Tom. I should start
1: just letting you introduce yourself, maybe. I, I might forget who I am if you don't do it. <laughs> but yes, hi, everybody. I'm here, too. How have you been there? Uh, it's been it's been a week uh, or a month or a yeah. year. Uh, um, what, what can we say? The world is turning, and it's getting weirder the by the minute.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: How is let me
0: How is the weather in, in your part of the country? We've reached, and I I found this to be the, the best explanation. I saw someone post this on Facebook. This is the wear a sweater in the morning and regret it by afternoon, <laughs> uh, is what we're having here in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it it can it's been a little cool in the mornings and it's been quite warm in the evenings. The house we bounce back and forth between heat and air conditioning daily. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, in, in the uh, sub partially subterranean apartment, I just kind of leave it be. Um, uh, so I'm not heating or cooling at the moment. But yes, where you got to remember, Baltimore uh, gets whatever weather Cincinnati got just about six hours later. So ah, okay, yeah, you're not that far away from me. That's no, true. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a mere seven hour drive. So. Um, But yeah, like today, today was gorgeous. Uh, We had eight, like Mm -hmm. eighty degree weather, um, with a nice light breeze. I I did time on the trail before we came out to do this, so nice. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, but just a just a couple days ago, I I was wearing like the coat I wear during the winter. Oh (laughs) jeez. You know when I was out in the morning walking the dog, and and then, in two days after that, I'm in regretting wearing long pants when i'm walking the dog in the evening so yeah
1: yeah and that's pretty much how it's trailing now it's uh it's full-on uh, f- uh schizophrenic fall
0: <laughs> yeah well i'll take this rather than uh freezing temperatures i hate the cold so i don't have any real big news stories um yeah nothing really that i saw came up that was Terribly, uh, earth shattering worth talking about two weeks after it happened. So, uh, yeah, nothing. I did want to talk about there was something I've been watching. Uh, Peacock is on Roku. Now. Yes. We, we talked about that a, a while mm-hmm. ago, uh, how they didn't have the app on the Roku yet. Well, they, they finally do. So I've been playing around on the Peacock yes, app. Yes. And what have you found? Uh, I,
1: I have been watching the old Sequest DSV. Oh, I saw that you were watching that, and that that's actually got to be one of the ones that I need to revisit as well. You know, it's a little bit of a shame. At the beginning, I'm thinking, you know, this
0: watching the premiere and the first few episodes, I'm thinking, well, you know what? This show kind of gets a lot of stick, but they they really deserve some credit. You know, they really tried, and this isn't all that bad. I have to admit, by the mid-season and then going forward, it's like watching a, a fan-made version of a next-gen episode. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. There's suddenly the plots, and like, was there a writer strike or something? Because <laughs> we should research that. Maybe there actually was.
0: <laughs> yeah, because like they they seem like they're rehashing scripts from some other show, and it it really starts kind of going downhill quick. And I started reading a little bit b- behind the scenes and everything. Roy Scheider was very disappointed with the direction the show took, particularly by the time it got the second season, because much like the show of which it was sort of based, the, uh, voyage to the bottom of the sea, yeah. it went from something that was dealing with actual like science
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and Voyage to the bottom of the seas case. It was kind of more of a, uh, a spy thriller show, and it devolved into monster of the week right. uh, kind of thing. You know, the, it, it did the Irwin Allen. <laughs> you know, he, he seemed to do that with almost all his shows. The first season's very serious. It's got a, or not very serious, but it's got a more serious tone. And then suddenly, oh, people like carrot monsters. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who doesn't like a good carrot monster?
0: And I feel like, uh, so apparently they go definitely a little heavier into the science fiction into the second season, and you can already start to see that in the latter half of the first season. And it's it's kind of a shame. And Initially, I thought, you know, this was a series ahead of his time. I could see something like this. Can you imagine that show with that kind of budget uh, being like original programming for, like, Science Channel mm-hmm. or the Discovery Network, where you could actually have you know stories based on real science, but in a fictional universe. Were
1: there a few? I think that would have done really well. Were there a few? Uh, I want to say that there have been shows that have tried to do a version of that where they they incorporate um, something for you to actually learn and then break out at one point and actually show you the here's the science, here's the what we're talking about. Um, I think other shows have done that. That that would have been a kind of a fun way to go with uh, with Seaquest for that kind of thing.
0: Well, At least in the first season, anyway, they had uh, Bob Ballard uh, o- over the uh, closing credits. That's right. Who would talk briefly? Yeah, who would talk briefly about something that came up in that? You know, whether it's uh, smokers under the ocean or uh, you know the intelligence of dolphins or something like that. They, he would talk about some of the science that that particular episode kind of evolved around but again like i said towards i'm now in like midway going into the latter half of the first season and you can tell they're really stretching on well let me tell you about this that really wasn't a factor in today's episode but it was mentioned you kind of saw it (laughs) like oh yeah you're really grasping at straws to actually pull the science out on this one
1: (laughs) yeah so uh, how many seasons did that do again three
0: total because they had the first season, they did uh, Sequest DSV was the second season, and then they sort of uh, retooled it, and it was like Sequest 2032 or something like that.
1: Yeah, actually,
0: I'm pulling it up on IMDb,
1: and it says Ro- Sequest.
0: Roy Schreider left, yeah, Roy Schreider left, and Michael Ironside took over as captain of the Sequest. That's and, it, right. yeah, they they went to another planet, and there was time travel, and... I don't think I ever saw any of the 2032. So I'm guessing I'll stick with it and actually try to watch some of it. But it's just a real shame. You read some of the behind the scenes and it becomes really apparent that everyone that was working on it ended up really not wanting to work on it. That's, you know, they all had big hopes and they all, it all went kind of sideways. Like I said, Roy Scheider didn't want to do the science fiction. He liked the whole science aspect of right. it. Uh, they moved the filming to Orlando, and some of the cast is like, I just moved to L.A. for this thing. I'm not moving to Orlando. Uh, what's her name? Stacey Haddock? Yeah. Was one, she's in the first season. She doesn't carry over the second season. because She's like, I'm not moving to Orlando. I just moved out here. And she probably made the right choice. I think her career did much better not being on Sequest. Oh, <laughs> Roy Scheider, I think... Pretty much took this as a time to retire. I don't know if he did anything after Sequest. What? I don't know if he did a whole hell of a lot before Sequest. So I mean, it had it, it must have been something that interested him enough to go, yeah, I'll 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 do a weekly series.
1: Yeah, let's see. Uh, he probably did hadn't done anything since what Jaws. <laughs> what else has he done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Jaws 2. To, to... He did Jaws 2 and Blue Thunder. Yeah. Blue Thunder.
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot about Blue Thunder. But doing a movie, you're you're saying, okay, you, I, I will work for you for this many weeks or this many months, you know, or a couple months, and then that's it. But a weekly series can be much more demanding. Mm. And so an actor who's... I don't want to say, you know, at the end of his career or anything like that, but he's obviously, like, not too interested in doing all that much work. I don't know if he w- wasn't interested or if he just couldn't find the work, but from the look of his sun-baked, leathery skin, I'm guessing he was enjoying his partial retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so to pull him into a weekly series and the demands that... that I, I There must have been something that really interested him, and then to find out that what that probably was was something they weren't going to do anymore like oh poor guy that had to be disappointing yeah but even um, when they do the 2032 and Michael Ironside it doesn't even sound like he really wanted to do it <laughs> he got like finally like said yeah fine I'll do it but I'm not talking to the
1: fish <laughs> man you just can't find team players <laughs> and I'm almost
0: ashamed I'm kind of ashamed to, to to say this. maybe I really hadn't given it all that much thought or whatever, but I honestly didn't really realize that Tarwin was an animatronic oh yeah <laughs> I I don't know why I I don't it's not like I really thought they had a dolphin on set, but somehow I thought they had a dolphin on set <laughs> you know. I don't know. I'm in this weird area where it's like, well, obviously they don't have a
1: dolphin on set, but then I'm still looking at it and going like, that was a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> well, kudos to them. Decent animatronics. You you, you totally bought that there was a dolphin there. Yeah, it is really, actually really amazing. I mean, it's obvious I mean, once you- there are moments where uh, it's going to be a special effect or... Or whatever but yeah i even i till you tell me this right now i would have thought at least some moments there was a real dolphin there
0: right well apparently that that was a pretty amazing little uh, piece of uh of, of of technology and everything
1: not bad for mid 90s uh,
0: right and the technology the, the cgi i mean of course the whole thing the sea quest all the undersea stuff is all uh you know early 90s cgi mm-hmm. And that's probably where the series really hurts the most. Um, because everything, first of all, is dark as hell. So you don't see how poor the renderings are. Right. So it, it's, it can be really frustrating trying to watch this. And you, especially now, what you're used to today, to try to then watch that. It's like, hmm, yeah, not working for me.
1: <laughs> which one of us... It's a real shame. Which one of us got the model of the SeaQuest? Did you? I had one. Yeah, Uh, I can't remember if I got one, but uh, I seem to recall between either of us trying to figure out how to paint the damn thing when you could barely see it in the show. Was right. Was entertaining to say the least.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I sort of tried to kind of match what they had on the box.
1: (laughs) Might have been faster to just dip the whole thing in black and go. There you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, is it blue? Is it green? Gray? Uh, black? I don't know. <laughs> it's got shiny bits. Yeah.
1: But it was a cool looking sub.
0: I think it was fun. I was a little disappointed in the model because the model was only maybe ten inches yeah. long or something yeah, like that. It was, it was pretty small. Yeah, it wasn't.
1: It wasn't very detailed or anything.
0: Not that there was really. I mean, <laughs> the Sequest, It's like here's the top. Here's the bottom. <laughs> Done. <laughs> what else is
1: there? Could have been a snap tight.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I think another thing that it it didn't learn from something from Next Generation or from Star Trek in general, which obviously even when it started going into the science fiction was what they were kind of chasing. Is something that Star Trek always did is it gave things for the fans to kind of cling on to. Like you knew the Enterprise was run by antimatter smashing into dilithium crystals, and, and there was a whole it, they didn't go into like excruciating details about how things work, they just said, This is what happens. Right. And the fans went, Oh, and then you know, they did they filled in all the blanks. Mm-hmm. Nowhere ever is it mentioned. How the hell Sequest works? Is it nuclear? Is it something else? I mean, it's supposed to be a thousand, like a thousand feet long. That's all we know. We don't know what drives it. We don't know what its top speed. They, they don't
1: give anything to the fans to,
0: you know, grasp
1: onto. Yeah, they don't give you the pseudoscience so that you can fill in uh, the rest of the fun bits. <laughs> right, exactly. And they mention a lot
0: of stuff about how the world is and, you know, the the far-flung 2018, (laughs) which is when it's supposed to take place. But there's all these different confederations and this and that. So they mention and talk about how the world's governments have all kind of shifted and and changed and have been—some have unified and some have broken off. But they don't really tell enough for you to really get an idea of what the world is like. Yeah. So again— there's nothing to really grab onto to go, oh, oh, well what if this confederation was involved in the they just they don't do enough world building.
1: Right. Everything's focused on what uh, the the events of the day on that, that particular sub.
0: Yeah. No, I I think it's a series that honestly could maybe work better I don't know if now would be the time, but maybe another decade or so after it actually occurred. Mm. I think it,
1: it might have done better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was a, this was NBC's attempt to make a Star Trek series. So, yeah. that wasn't Star Trek. So, <laughs> it's a shame it went the way it did. Uh, but I remember it as yeah. fun. And, and uh, now that you've mentioned that it's on Peacock, I might have to give that a watch again. At least the first season. <laughs>
0: I'd be curious to get your 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 thoughts on it. I think the, some of the casting is a little, eh, sketchy. Roy Scheider, I don't mind. Um, Jonathan Brandis, and I'm sure it maybe it was just the way his character was written, but uh, the character of Lucas is annoying as hell. <laughs> just whoa, Star Trek: Next Generation had a smart kid. We have to have a smart kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry Will 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 Wheaton, but uh, yeah, another another <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly
0: what they were what they were going for. And it's so obvious through the through it is that they, they were chasing next generation. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such a shame. It's like, man, don't just do your thing. Right. And don't chase, don't try to be this other thing. And it was so obvious that that's exactly what they were trying to do and it's just yeah, it, it's one of those shows where you're watching and you're seeing all the potential, and it's just not realized. Yeah.
1: But I'll have to I'll have to revisit so that I can uh, I can see if I get that impression again. I remember enjoying it when it was on. I also remember, like, I don't know anything about like the third season because when they got around to it, I think that was getting. Uh, Buried in the schedule. Um, Probably. So. I know I, I I don't think I ever watched
0: any of the third season. I'm questioning. I thought I watched it when it was on, but I must have watched it very spotty. Yeah. Because there are... I'll, I'll go from, okay, I recognize stuff from this episode, but that's following an episode where I have no memory of whatsoever. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm gonna. Ha- Either it bounced around a lot, or it was preempted, or I just wasn't watching regularly. I would like tune in when I happened to be home or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we would have had our VCRs, but maybe not have trained them to uh, <laughs> to to, <laughs> to watch uh, to record that particular time slot. Either that, or it was running up against other things at the time and
0: boom. we were we were recording next generation <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty much especially if they ran that against its time slot like hmm which one yeah, you know, well this is a no-brainer <laughs> yeah yeah i actually
0: have no idea uh when it originally aired what what it was going up against or anything x files but... <laughs> Ooh, yeah that wasn't gonna definitely not gonna win out over x files no. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So I'm gonna keep watching it just to see see if I recognize any more episodes. Like I said, I, I've I've recognized a few. Um, few I don't recognize. I'm gonna go into the second season and see exactly what they do. Um, see if I think that would have been better. And um, you know, even if Roy Schreider wasn't, you know, keen on it, you know, was that really the, the right direction for this show to go is kind of what the question I want to ask myself mm-hmm. or I'll be asking, you know, as, as I watch that second season. Yeah, I guess I'll, if I'm going to watch the second season, I'll, I'll, I'll go into 2032, at least give it a shot. I don't think it's a full season.
1: No, uh, if it, I could be wrong. Yeah, If it, if I only peeked at it on IMDb and I think it's like 12 episodes.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. So there you go. And it's Michael Ironside and kind like, heyday michael ironside you know so even if he didn't want to be there <laughs> yeah so um that's kind of what's been taking up a little bit of my time you know uh when not watching other things um uh, i ran out of my mod squad Aww. so i only had nine episodes I, I i watched them so i all the others are now on order from the library for me
1: <laughs> i want to keep watching <laughs> See, now, I, I've run uh, a little more current. Um, a really good friend of mine, she turned me on to this show, uh, Shits Creek.
0: I've heard about that. Yeah, I've heard that's really good. I've not seen anything about it other than seeing the occasional, uh, you know, actor on a talk show kind of thing.
1: Right. Uh, and, and while I l- love a good comedy, finding a good comedy is hard. it's too easy to go the wrong way in a hurry on a comedy and this one's premise is amazing and uh um it's Eugene Levy and his Mm -hmm. son Dan Levy that are running this show um and it is just hysterical um the premise of course being that uh this this family the roses um they have uh um, they have gone through a financial problem where essentially their their advisor or whatever has absconded with all of their money. And <laughs> the authorities are throwing them out into their lives. And, uh, and all that they have left is um, they had apparently the dad, Eugene Levy's character, had purchased a town, ironically... <laughs> <laughs> he purchased his, purchased it for his son because of the name, and the name of the place was Schitts Creek. <laughs> and you get to meet nice. the. Uh, this is another vehicle for Chris Elliott, who hasn't been around a whole lot, mm. um, and he is uh, he is the mayor of the town, and his last name is Shit. <laughs> Schitt, S C H I T T. So. Um, and then the comedy ensues from there it, it's kind of a very much uh, as I explained to her it, it's like a modern day uh, um, Green Acres gotcha okay. yeah, it's that notion of the, uh, the hoity-toity family being thrust into the not so hoity-toity world um, gotcha. but it's done effectively and it's a lot of fun and I've been tearing through it very quickly <laughs> Yeah, I saw a uh... Probably I think it was Eugene Levy
0: and what'd you say his son's name Dan. was? Dan Levy. I think they were both on um the late show once. Uh and it was it was funny that every time uh every time they shed shit shit's creek, the CBS insisted that they actually put up the name of the show, you know, like the logo on the
1: screen. <laughs> Just so that it didn't spell the the regular word shit. <laughs> Right, right has right. to have the S C H I T T.
0: Right. Yep. Just to, just to clarify that it's the name of the show. Right. right. So yeah, Colbert worked as many times as possible the name of the show, <laughs> just so they'd have to keep flashing this thing up on the uh, at the bottom of the
1: screen. Granted, that's not quite the 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 genre to which uh, we tend to talk about. But uh, when uh, when looking for something that. Uh, <laughs> can kind of brighten your day. um, This is a good spot to go to because the, the writing and acting is amazing. Um, The cast is spot on. Catherine O'Hare in it as uh, Eugene Levy's wife in the show. Just, Mm -hmm. just wow. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely one
0: I'll have to uh, look into because I've heard from many people that it's, exactly what you're saying that it's just it's one of the best things it's on television there's a lot of shows like that i keep getting recommendations and it's like yeah as soon as i get those extra few hours in my day i will tune into schitt's creek i will <laughs> tune into the marvelous mrs mazel and uh i will tune into this and i will tune into that and
1: yeah no i and uh, it it really is uh, a. it is a golden age of television there is So much really good stuff out there, and I mean you got to trip over one to get to the next, Uh, and Mm -hmm. that's the biggest problem anybody has is finding the time to watch all of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, uh, even uh, the idea of binging things—it's like I literally—I'm lucky to get the spare hour to watch one,
1: (laughs) (laughs) one episode or something. Right. So. Well, see, uh, these are only about 20 minutes long, so an hour, you got three. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, they are? They're that short? They're that short. Yeah, they run about 20 to 22 minutes. So Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, that was, that does make it a little easier.
1: Yeah, they, they make some is good I, uh, bite-sized chunks.
0: Is that a Netflix? Yes. Or okay. Yeah, it's a Netflix show. I got it in Netflix first. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a luddite. I don't have Netflix. I'm lucky to have Prime.
1: <laughs> That's just because you gotta have stuff shipped to you.
0: <laughs> it is actually very true. It, it, it turns out we got Prime kind of almost by mistake, but uh, since then we've uh, t- definitely taken advantage of the uh, the shipping, the the free, the two day shipping, and that sort of stuff from it. So a lot actually.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue not not having it because we are We are getting our money's
0: worth out of it between my wife and her shipping stuff and me watching the videos, yeah, yeah, we're getting our money out of it, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I use and abuse it constantly. <laughs> if I can talk her into just finally getting rid of that damn satellite, I'd go ahead and get Netflix and Hulu.
1: <laughs> there you go,
0: then I'd have even more stuff I don't have time to watch <laughs> there,
1: there is that. <laughs>
0: All right, well, we should take a short break here, play a promo for another show. And when we get back, we are going to talk about 2002's M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Wake up, go to work, work, come home, eat dinner, rot your brain out, go to bed, lather, rinse, repeat. Are you tired of an old humdrum life? Tired of things that just weigh you down and depress you? Wouldn't you rather just focus on things that are awesome? Tune in to Nutty Bites. Find out what's awesome. Nutty Bites, nimlast.orgslash vlog. What can make geometric shapes the
1: size of a football field. What kind of machine can bend a stalk of corn over without breaking it? It can't be by hand, it's too perfect. So the aliens can't read our minds? Oh. Some animals around the county have been acting funny, some of them violent. It's almost like they act when they smell a predator around.
0: Amman, Nairobi, Bangalore and Jerusalem as the...
1: Same shows
0: on every station. Every station? It is the 18th reported crop side in that country in the last
1: 72 hours. I'm a little scared. All this stuff on TV. Joe Gills was in here talking about the end of the world. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing to make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of them. There's a monster
0: outside my room. Can I have a glass of water?
1: being assembled it's happening don't be afraid it's like war of the worlds believe it's going to pass
0: don't be afraid they're in the house All right, welcome back. Now, we are including this movie, Signs, as part of... Uh, we didn't mention this. I think we talked about it the, the last time we... Uh, On our last show, yeah. that we're doing the 31 nights of Halloween. So every every night or every day or night of through the month of October, we're watching a, a horror or Halloween-themed uh, film. Mm-hmm. And we're including Signs in this because it fits. It definitely fits within the... Uh, It's classified as a horror. You know, it's got its jump scares and such. Honestly, fire in the sky could have almost been.
1: No, I think that could easily fit into that, uh, that frame of mind. Right. We recorded it before
0: October, but it actually didn't air until October. So it kind of does, you know,
1: it worked. It worked out pretty well. Audience, you're welcome. It's your teaser into what we're doing right now. Yes. Uh, but so yeah we're including signs
0: We that was one of the movies we were going to watch through October we've got a list of 31 uh, films we've already gone through I guess we're on uh, 7 to,
1: as we, we recorded, recorded this on the 7th a, uh, it's October 7th so we're 7 in
0: so we got plenty more to go through the whole list is on our Facebook group I also posted it to my Twitter feed if you can find it uh, it's buried in there somewhere probably should have pinned that to the top or something <laughs> But uh, but uh, I bring that up again because uh, because of all the different films we're watching and trying to squeeze in this and trying to squeeze in something else to to talk about and figure out we're just going to actually go ahead and take uh, the rest of October off as far as recording goes so we can concentrate on actually watching all these films and because you know we're 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 watching them we're kind of writing down a sentence or two of what we think about them and we'll come back in early November. And, and tell you about all the films that we've watched and what we thought of them. Most of them are going to be just a quick mention. Uh, we're not going to go too in depth. Uh, a few might we might have to talk a little bit more than others. And I I may be just repeating everything I said the last time, <laughs> but I uh, just want to let you know that we're going to be we'll be off uh, off the Twitter feeds for uh, or not the Twitter feeds. We'll be off the potosphere there for uh, for an extra couple weeks. And in case you're looking for us, uh, we we won't be there. So
1: and, but come back in November. But while while we're away, um, one of the things that I've been enjoying as we do this is uh, I am posting what I watch every day, and I make some sort of comment. So uh, as you guys are uh, following along in your playbook, uh, feel free to make comments. Uh, let us know what you think of these if you've watched them. Watch along with us where you can. Um, yep. Fair warning. <laughs> They, they they aren't all <laughs> they're gyms. not all winners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we we are both posting as we uh, when we finish watching them, uh, we we post to the Facebook group, and I I actually, I also post to the uh, the Twitter feed, which um, I should mention it. I've recently changed the Twitter feed to encompass both the shows that I do, so I can kind of post about both shows a little bit more freely instead of maintaining two different Twitter feeds and having one where I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, I, there's, there's very little that you can tweet about uh, public domain films, 70, 80 year old movies. There's not all that much you can really tweet about. No? So I've kind of, I've combined the, the both feeds and so if you want to follow me, I'm at T-S-P-O-E underscore pods. And that's where you're going to find me. So I also post whatever I post on the Facebook group. I also post on the Twitter feed. So if you use one or the other, I know a lot of people are abandoning Facebook uh, and going to Twitter. I don't know that Twitter's all that much better, but (laughs) (laughs) eat to each their own. Follow where you Um, dare. (laughs) Instagram. I need to start using that more. Uh, I should start doing this to Instagram as well. And I have not been there, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> but Start further regardless of, where you, regardless of where you happen to see us uh, posting about these movies, yeah, please feel free to comment and, uh, and let us know what you thought of the films if you've watched them at some point or if you decided to watch them because we watched them or because of what we said. Uh, that would be awesome to, to hear what you have to think. Or just when it's all said and done, fire us off an email you know the email address is at the the top of the show and it's easy to find so all that (laughs) to get back around to talking about sign graham hess is a former reverend who's trying hard to come to terms with his loss of faith brought on by the death of his wife in a freak auto accident trying to live a quiet life in rural pennsylvania along with his son beau daughter morgan and his younger brother merrill Things get complicated when mysterious crop circles appear in the cornfield. Initially writing it off as a prank, it soon becomes clear that there is something more sinister at work. These signs are appearing all over the world, along with strange lights in the, si- in the sky. It isn't long before the world finds itself a target of an alien invasion. The family must now add survival to their list of problems. The film stars Mel Gibson as Graham, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as Merrill with Rory Culkin and Abigail Breslin as the Hess children. Uh, Anyone paying attention, uh, this is the second time we've talked about Abigail Breslin, because Matt and I reviewed the 2013 film Haunter, which that's actually a film, Tom, if you haven't seen, I'd recommend. I'll have to get around to that
1: one. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that
0: one. Matt was uh, kind of on the fence with it. I thought it was pretty creative and interesting, and Abigail Breslin was fantastic in it, because she pretty much carries the entire film.
1: She's pretty good all the way around. Yeah, this was apparently her screen
0: debut, her big screen debut. Um, I thought she seemed a little familiar and everything. And at this young age, I was, i think I was remembering uh, *Little Miss Sunshine* yes. is kind of like the big film for her uh, that came just a couple years later.
1: Yeah, but just a couple years later, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, she, yeah, she set her young. mark very early. <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, uh, she was probably one of the brighter spots of this movie.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed her little uh, her antics and uh, her reactions and stuff. I thought, wow, this little girl's got talent. It's kind of like the only thing I can think of through most of this film. And I'm thinking these other people are supposed to have talent, <laughs> and it's not coming through. No, I have to admit. I mean, again, I'm not even going to try to bury the lead. I I I didn't like this movie. And this was your
1: first joy viewing of this, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was. First time watch. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I'll admit that when you know, I guess what was the the movie that really kind of made him like the household name was uh <laughs> the Sixth Sense. The Sixth right? Sense. Yes. I do, and I remember watching that and being amazed. Because I, I, I don't know, I was one of the ones
1: that in the end went, oh, my God, he was dead? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was a very effective twist, but I think he became haunted by early success. <laughs> there are times where I felt like he was constantly experimenting,
0: but all in the same film. Because it was like, okay, for the, like, the first few minutes of the film, I'm going to try very static shots. But then later on, I'm going to make sure the camera moves a lot. But then later on, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to try this angle. Like, whoa, could you, like, settle on a motif for at least one movie? If <laughs> you could try the other ones later? <laughs> there were several scenes, especially early on in this movie, where it was, like, literally they set up a tripod and said, okay, Mel, walk in front of the camera. Okay, that's an uncomfortable scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a very uncomfortable shot why do i need to see the whole room nothing moving except mel walking into the door
1: great right. gotcha thanks yeah well and you kind of hit on something already uh shot shots aside and uh abigail breslin's uh performance at such a young age i mean she was she was like perfect and and not necessarily the easiest role for a child that young um, but her performance being as good as it was, everyone else was kind of wooden. <laughs> very much yeah though no, the kids were the
0: most uh, animated characters in the film um I'm yeah Rory Colkin, frankly the whole Colkin family pretty um... I, I, th- I think there are better actors. Right. He did okay. He was fine in this. Uh, yeah, definitely compared to like Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, the kids were definitely the the entertaining actors in this film. Uh, there was lots of scenes where I thought the kids kind of made the movie. Uh, the tinfoil hats uh, when he comes in and finds both girls or the both kids sitting there with the tinfoil <laughs> keep the aliens from breeding our brains you know like okay that's fun but again pick a theme this movie kept bouncing around between okay is it a thriller or is it a comedy (laughs) (laughs) like it was kind of trying to walk a line between the two sometimes
1: yeah I I think it it tried to be light um yes maybe comedy isn't the right word
0: I shouldn't maybe comedy really wasn't the word
1: but yeah it was trying to be very light and I think that was supposed to take some of the edge off of uh, what they were trying to build, build to. See, this is my problem, is
0: I never found myself tense or anything. I mean, this is supposed to be kind of like it's trying to build up some, some tension, and some. it's supposed to be kind of a thriller and what's happening. And at no point did I actually feel like it was pulling me in that direction. And so when the latter moments came up, I was just like, what, what, where, where, what are we doing now?
1: (laughs) Well, and even as a, for some, for a movie that was supposed to be about crisis of faith, um, having the real world actually impact whether or not you believe in the things that you do. Um, for this to be about that, to actually have the alien invasion part of this just seemed in the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then the way they even went about the alien thing was just so bizarre. I mean, they they have the crop circles, and then all of a sudden they're actually in the crops all the time. Um, and... I, yeah, the, the the whole thing didn't kind of make a whole lot of sense, and there was no suspense to it. I mean, they get got pretty much right up in front. There are aliens here. There there are aliens here. Yeah. Hey, there's one over there. I mean, it's not. What was to be suspenseful about?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they didn't like dangle the question out very long. No, it's like, what's going on? A crop circle. Oh, the, maybe there's aliens, or maybe it's a prank. But nope, nope, it's aliens. Oh. Oh, okay. So we're going that direction, that quick. All right, gotcha.
1: Oh, and, and uh, the this breaks one of the things that um, I talk about often when it comes to, like, like when we did Fire in the Sky, and the reason we liked uh, a good hunk of that, particularly the alien sequence, is... Um, they didn't give away too much. It wasn't like they over-explained it because you weren't supposed to know. Uh, I mean, this is an alien race. You're not supposed to know what they're doing. So the fact that uh, like Joaquin Phoenix is making wild leaps that the the crop circles are navigation tools, uh, and then he goes, yeah. "I'm right. They are navigation." I'm like how, why, <laughs>
0: that that's giant leap. <laughs> That's not even the most egregious one. The one given by the director himself in a cameo appearance as, as the guy that killed Mel Gibson's wife. Right. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he mentions the, well, they don't seem to be around water, so I'm going to the lake. And then it turns out, yes, <laughs> water can harm the aliens. I'm like, so you're telling me these aliens traveled God knows how many millions of miles to invade the planet that is 75% of the thing that can kill them. Right. <laughs> no, no, they didn't send anybody ahead and go, Ooh, wait, maybe not a good idea. A little scout maybe. Maybe they should have checked things out. Literally, this story could have ended with a good rainstorm our invasion plan
1: is foiled because we didn't bring umbrellas. (laughs) Well, and, uh, well, just cause I've flashed to, uh, that an episode of Star Trek where, uh, the, the little alien entity keeps describing human beings as bags of mostly water. Um, oh, right. And apparently the aliens came here to harvest us. Um, right, <laughs> and we are made up of the thing that hurts them. <laughs> so right, I you know, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it was not thought out. That's and that's the problem with this. Is this felt like this is you? You take a first draft and you just go with it. And no, no one sat down there. There was no second pass. There was no like. Well, let me take a look at it and let me see if there's any issues that I might be able to point out. No, none of that. M. Night Shyamalan went, went right, right, scribble, 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 right. Roll camera.
1: I'm I'm going to put this to you. I think there's a better movie in here if you take the whole alien element out.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you want to make this about a man who has lost his faith and is in search of uh, of answers... Uh, and dealing with his family and come up with some other some other situation that would make him again question where he really wants to be in this world absolutely that would be a really nice drama
1: you could even literally incorporate all the little things that they rushed in in the last like 10 minutes of the movie where they try to pull all the threads together like somehow the 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 notion that she said something about his brother swinging his bat and all that, but have it actually like tied to something more earthbound <laughs> and not about just beating the hell out of an alien with a baseball bat. Yeah, why couldn't it have been a little bit more...
0: if Get it with some sort of drama. Um, make it more of an analogy. So maybe he's thinking of... Um, he wants to do something, but he doesn't know if, I mean, cause this is like an all or nothing kind of thing. And, and th- that would be like the message swing at it, you know, and swing hard. And I, that, that's the decision they find. Yes, I'm going to do it. And cause I'm going to regret it. If I don't could have done that, it would have been better than, Oh
1: yeah. Swing hot. Yeah. That's made me get my back. Well, <laughs> uh, there was like a hor- or you could have incorporated this into something else too. Cause uh, they kept hanging this one thing out there. Like it, it, it was supposed to go somewhere. Joaquin Phoenix's character is spending time in an army recruiter's office and half the movie reading army recruiting pamphlets. And that doesn't play into anything at all. That went nowhere. It had no point.
0: Never, never brings it up with, uh, with his brother. Nope. <laughs> um, no, no friends, nothing. The uh, the police chief that seems to be or a sheriff that seems to be, you know, friends with the family. Yep,
1: nothing. <laughs> like, there there are so many places to take this that would have been so much more impressive. Um, it's just it, it. felt like
0: M Knight just really thought, okay. I I remember le- learning in screenwriter school that you should give characters a trait. So Meryl is interested in the army. <laughs> sure. Okay. No, that's his trait. And? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not going to do anything with it. <laughs> why? Why would I do anything with that? Um, no, well, I mean, M. Night has this uh, penchant for things, the otherworldly, um, uh, spiritual, science fiction, that kind of stuff, and I... I, I I think he felt like he had to incorporate this cuz that's his thing and it's not really his thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That and he has this need. need for there to be a twist. He 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 he's known as the guy with the twist. <laughs> what would you consider
0: the the twists in this film cuz everything seemed to be pointing to the to where the film went other than ah oh, they're, they're, they'll die from water. Was that his twist? That's, I mean, what, what, what other twist is
1: there the, in this film? The, the twist is that uh, that the man that lost his faith in God actually had a God that left him everything he needed to get by in the world. That was that was the twist. Oh, it's thin. Okay, <laughs> I'm grasping. I'm, yeah. I'm reaching here, but. Um, I think that's what he's essentially going for, is everything this man needed in, in life was already right there in front of him. But but we're going to do that by, uh, we're going to draw that out by having these weird, um, hard-to-make-out-green aliens with pointy things in their wrists.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the poison gas and... Yes, and uh,
1: little little Bo's asthma saved his life. Right, see, uh, uh, that was God intervening. If he mm. didn't have asthma, he'd have died. All right, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. I don't sense you guys uh, really latching on and feeling this. <laughs> well, you know what? I would be fine with that. If you want to go, if M. Knight wanted to go
0: that deep, I wish he would have spent more time with, like, the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really felt like he was just kind of like I, I, I've got like one or two really great points, and everything else is just icing. I, whatever. I just gonna throw this in here and throw this in here, and uh, just to, just to get to the point that ah oh, yes, uh, he gave him uh, this bad thing so you know it'll save the day. Okay, <laughs> this was kind of his uh, uh, war of the worlds. Like ah. Oh smallest organisms that god saw fit to put on this planet saved earth well that's that's that was kind of like a, a little small piece of that with the oh, uh, you were given asthma in order to save your life from the
1: alien that's it all makes sense now totally <laughs> completely on board i i don't i don't see why uh anyone had any problem with this at all <laughs>
0: Brother never joined the army, so he would uh, be home with his uh, high school bat, <laughs> so he'd be
1: able to hey, hey, hey. beat the alien. Hey, hey, Minor leagues. He was in the minor. Leagues. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's right. It was minor league. That that was the that was one of the other kind of funny moments was when uh, the the recruiter is busy talking up all of his uh, baseball accomplishments, and then the. The right. other loser in the uh, office uh, chimes in. Yeah, he also has the the uh, uh, strikeout the record. Strikeout record. <laughs> and you're like,
0: yeah. So wow. apparently the, the the kid that is um, this family has apparently had issues with causing problems. And as the sheriff describes, can't leave a uh, can't can't take a piss without leaving a wet spot in his pants. <laughs> he's he's decided to join the army. He's at the recruitment and he's filling out forms. yeah <laughs> It's like a bunch of weird one act <laughs> plays, but they're all on different they're all about different
1: things <laughs> and it's just sewn together. <laughs> yeah, and that makes a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the act, what was it an actual was it M Knight's direction to say, okay, no, I want you to be real emotionless here. I want you to be very stoic. I don't want you to move a lot. Like even the uh, the 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 army recruiter, who's stand, who's sitting there, barely moves. I mean, my God, he could have been an
1: animatronic. Right. <laughs> he could have been a voice off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean really uh, well like I said I I wasn't kidding when I said this is some of the most wooden performances that I've ever seen right down to the total lack of movement <laughs> sorry I, I I hate really coming down on a film
0: but I've just this thing was a huge hit uh it, it worldwide it grossed over four million dollar 400 million dollars. God, really? <laughs> yeah, oh my God, according to IMDb. Really... With a budget of only about $75 million, uh, which makes sense. It's not exactly... Uh, well, other than the special effects of the aliens, there's not a whole lot of, you know... Mel Gibson's salary was probably the next biggest thing. With Joaquin right behind. God, <laughs> uh, I suppose so. Joaquin... I'll admit... Um, I don't know all that much about Joaquin Phoenix's career up to this point.
1: Well, you mean like in this time? Uh, uh, uh. At, at, in
0: 2002.
1: Yeah. Got some work under his belt. Um, he Actually, oh my God, I didn't even realize. He did Gladiator before this.
0: Oh, I don't even remember him being in Gladiator.
1: <laughs> uh, he was he was actually the uh, Caesar for a... He was Commodus. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, uh, No. Uh, that was a big deal film for him. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is the height of uh, his career at that time. Two years later, he does another M. Night movie, The Village.
0: Other than The Sixth Sense and now this, yeah, M. Night isn't a director that I really find myself uh, constantly being drawn to. I don't know. Maybe I take what I hear a little bit too easily to heart. Uh, I, I hear like he was that kind of, Oh yes, that was, that one was really good. And then after that, yeah, yeah, not, nah, not so much.
1: See, I'm, I'm the guy that keeps going back and watching. Uh, I like, I like a number of his films. Uh, I, I take them with a grain of salt. Uh, The Sixth Sense truly was amazing, and kudos to him for making it. But I think he kept trying to do a version of that. Uh, He wants to get a formula out of that and apply it to everything, and it causes him to um, try too hard where he might actually have good uh, concepts. Like, I I I enjoyed Unbreakable. While it's stupid as hell, I still kind of enjoy The Happening
0: yeah see I haven't seen any of these I I literally the Sixth Sense is probably the only M. Night Shyamalan film that I've actually watched
1: and then his little universe that he was building out of uh, Unbreakable when he did Split and Glass Uh, I actually uh, kind of uh, really enjoyed those so Split in particular was particularly good I thought so alright cool um, so all worth giving a watch. It, 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 he doesn't do all bad. It just he tries too hard sometimes, <laughs> and signs. Uh, I think he uh, his reach exceeded his grasp.
0: Right. Well, this was. Uh, I think it was kind of like the the next film after
1: Six Sense, wasn't it? Uh, actually, uh, two after he did Unbreakable next. Oh. oh okay. Okay. He's got some earlier stuff that I hadn't seen. Like uh, there's uh, he's got listed here uh, praying with anger and wide awake, and I don't know anything about either of those films. But all of those precede the sixth sense. So
0: when you start
1: kind of hit the ball
0: running or hit the ground running so fast with like the sixth sense, and then everyone is expecting, um, everyone is expecting the next sixth sense out of your next films, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe maybe that's him just. Yeah, like you said, just yeah, trying too hard. I'm trying to think of a better way to explain it. With, uh, I, I, I'm guessing there really isn't a better way. <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of people that do enjoy the film. I'm
1: just, I was not one of them. Well, actually, uh, one of the ones that uh, did enjoy it, if I may uh, get into our reviews... Yeah, please. You got some reviews at the time? Yes. Uh, So I I, I was able to pull up two of them in particular uh, and got a little bit of both sides of things. So Roger Ebert, of course, we visit the wonderful Roger Ebert. Um, I'll read an excerpt from there. He says M. Night Shyamalan's Signs is the work of a born filmmaker able to summon apprehension out of thin air. When it is over, we think not how little has been decided, but how much has been experienced. Here is a movie in which the plot is the rhythm section, not the melody. A movie that stays free of labored explanations and a forced climax, and is about fear in the wind, in the trees, in a dog's bark, in a little girl's reluctance to drink water, the water in signs so this is part of what he had to say about this uh, very very flighty but i think uh, i think he's missed something in this he continues in a time uh, when hollywood mistakes volume for action Shyamalan makes quiet films in a time when incessant action is a style he persuades us To play, to play close attention to the smallest nuances. I see the
0: points he's trying to make. I'm not entirely sure that they were truly valid for this film, though. (laughs) Maybe I think he's reading a little bit more into uh, reading a little bit more into it than what was intended, or maybe not. I don't know. The more we read of Roger Ebert reviews, I've always liked Roger Ebert it when in his reviews i the more we read it is like it seems like the polar opposite of my thought on
1: any of these films. And, and, and i i found that always to be the case even when uh roger was when it was siskel and ebert back in the day and you could watch the the show uh, uh what, what was there uh going to the movies or something like that I always enjoyed watching that night. I found I always completely disagreed with anything Roger had to say, because he, he would find something in nothing and nothing in everything.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's kind of what I feel like. That sums up that review pretty much uh, right there. Maybe he watched a different
1: film. <laughs>
0: Just... No, I I don't think he did. I understand what he's trying to say, and I think that may even be what m night was attempting but i don't think it comes through not well enough not in this film and maybe it's because of all the stuff that goes on around it maybe it's because like you were saying the wooden acting um some of the stuff could be good the whole i don't hear my children okay delivered by anyone other than the way Mel Gibson just delivered that line, that might have been effective. But in this film, not so much.
1: No, and, and, and I'm a guy that actually appreciates um, the subtlety in, in a... And, and I'm going to use Roger Ebert against himself. Um, we read Roger Ebert's uh, review of uh, Fire in the Sky... And that was a movie where he insisted that there be more alien stuff. Right. So that actually contradicts this because that was a movie that effectively used the subtlety of what was going on. Give you a little snippet so that that tantalizes you. And that's good. Leave it there because that's the thing that that grabbed your attention. Science doesn't do any of that. I, I didn't actually find it all that particularly subtle. I think it beat you over the head with exactly what it wanted to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the even those moments that were supposed to be the quiet moments, were supposed to be the subtle moments. It's it, they practically looked at the camera and said, "And this is what I'm gonna is this is what it means when I say this." <laughs>
1: Now, if I may, uh, for a contrary point of view, uh, I also looked up uh, from Variety at the time, uh, Todd McCarthy. um, Signs is all smoke and mirrors. With his third excursion into the supernatural, M. Night Shyamalan has begun revealing the hand that works his spooky tricks so much that the lack of substance is plainly seen a sort of rural uh, panic room. This superficially creepy concoction provides enough little jolts to keep the popcorn public wrapped. So mm. <laughs> so th- this is a guy that kind of got the same thing we're getting out of this, is you get a couple of jump scares. Um, you yeah, get an alien movie, sort of. Um,
0: yeah, there was a few shots in this that I thought were pretty good. Um, the uh, the handheld birthday party where you see the alien suddenly step out of the bushes and oh, yeah. oh what was that? You know, yeah, that was good. Uh, Mel Gibson moving the TV out in the hallway and he turns it at an angle and there's a, an, you know, then you see the alien in the reflection. That was great. Yeah. Um, there were moments like that that were like, wow, those are really good. What are they doing in this movie? <laughs>
1: Again, uh, because this movie isn't an alien movie. Yeah. The the aliens... And I can almost appreciate the idea that the aliens are just the concoction to which gets this guy to there. It's just the way that it was done is just so stupid. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Now, I would have
0: much rather watched some sort of drama of just him searching and and dealing with his loss of faith and um yeah, bring in some more of the town uh you he, he was apparently you know the the reverend at a local at the local church people were calling him father and he's asking him not to call you, you don't call me father uh the pharmacist that knows that he was a father but like can i just i need to tell someone can i tell you you know she kind of does a confession you know in the pharmacy um the fact that you know the guy that killed his wife is the town vet and that he sees, you know, every time he goes in the town, he's a chance of seeing this guy. Town vet and basically neighbor. Right. All that I found could have been very interesting. Oh yeah. And a real great uh, character. could have been a really great character piece. It didn't belong in this movie.
1: No, it was like, so he took two different movies, put them in a blender and came up with this. You still could have called it Signs. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, because, I mean, that was the point. That still works. That was, Yeah, no, yeah. that was completely the point. Uh, the crop circles in the alien thing had nothing to do with the signs. Um, you could have still had the epiphany moment at the end where he re- recognizes that all of these little threads that have been in his life since his children were born and his wife had died, actually all come together to actually reinforce his faith not diminish it uh, you could have had the kids suffering there could have been a gas leak or
0: something like that and you know having an asthma attack or something and stopped him from inhaling too much too many fumes or something you still could have had that
1: moment absolutely yeah no there were a thousand different ways to do this that would have been way better than what we got and m knight maybe you don't live in a house
0: more than a few days or something like that. But I'm pretty sure anyone that's lived in a house for any amount of time knows where the old coal chute is in the basement. <laughs> uh, I love it. Sorry. I was just kind of out of nowhere. It was just something that I just popped in my head. Cause I remember that really annoying me again. It's that, it, it's that false, that attempt to build, you know, a false amount of, of, of tension because it's just, it's just shot with a, in a dark room with just the flashlights. And, oh, go over this way. They're over the way. You're like, seriously? They don't know where the call chute is. Right.
1: Yeah. It, in their own basement. It, it, <laughs> in the house that's probably belonged to the family forever.
0: I would assume.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. People don't just buy a house and a farm and just pick it up. They've, they've lived in it long
0: enough that Mel... Or the... Uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Mel Gibson's character, uh, Graham, had a cross on the bedroom wall that he took down, but it was up there long enough to leave dirt marks showing that there was a cross on the wall. Yeah, no, absolutely. A, were you using gas lamps or something in that room? Or I don't know what the hell made that dark of a mark. And if you're going to take the cross down because you no longer have faith in God, you're not going to scrub the dirt that's making the shape of the cross on the wall to remind you that there was a cross there. But yeah. but it's the but Chris it's, it's those little bits that just bug me because the whole reason that's there, the whole reason that the, the whole shape of the cross is on the wall is to signify the loss of faith. That's like the visual representation of his loss of faith. It,
1: it's a sign. <laughs> oh God. You use the word signify. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, this, uh, this movie, uh, for <laughs> that's what's killing me about Rogers. Uh, I, as I read it when I was researching, uh, and I'm reading that, and he's talking about subtlety and nuance. I'm like, everything about this movie just literally clubbed you in head with the bat that Joaquin Phoenix was wielding. Yep, yep. <laughs> nothing about this was subtle. Swing hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did it right out of the gate. Nothing, nothing was... You, you knew every step of the way what was going on in this movie. There was no question about what was going to happen in this movie. There was no, no surprises, no anything, and it was boring all the way through.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it was all telegraphed. I mean, that's, that's the best way to say it is everything in this film was telegraphed to you.
1: Yes, very much so. Is it the worst film in the world? No. If you haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it just because there there are some moments, and uh, even even M. Night says that this is his most popcorn movie.
0: Is is what he is how he put it? Really, he has way other yeah. more popcorn
1: movies than this. But well, I guess at the time. Yeah, at the time I would, uh, of his fare uh, up to that point. Well, I uh, he, he did Unbreakable before that. That was a, essentially a uh, a indie film feeling superhero movie so mm. and it literally was about comic books <laughs> yeah i don't know but at any rate I, I don't know what he's talking about i think he says things just to say them because he's m night <laughs> uh, right and m night please come on the show let's talk <laughs> yeah
0: i'll 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 go watch split uh, unbreakable split and glass and you know because See if you can redeem yourself after signs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he's got some TV coming up. Uh, He's got something called Labor of Love coming up. I mean, come on, come on out. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's Let's see if we can help.
0: I don't have really anything else to say about the film. I, yeah, it's not the worst thing I've seen. Certainly not the worst thing I've seen this month. Spoilers. Tell you more about that. (laughs) tell you more about that in november <laughs> uh,
1: and i ain't looking up reviews for all of those <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't think you'd find any <laughs> or I, or either that or uh this is a family-friendly show and i don't know that we could say them
0: <laughs> yeah but that anyway that'll do it uh if you think we're completely off base if signs is one of your favorite movies i literally i would love to hear about it please send us an email at timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group or tweet at me and, uh, and let me know how wrong we are because uh, I'd definitely like to see maybe you all agree with Roger Ebert. Well, I think we should uh, subtly uh, bring this one to a close. And by that I mean I'm going to hit stop on the recording as soon as I say thank you very much for listening uh we'll see you back in a bit about a month before you hear us again but we will have a lot of fun stuff to talk about to finish the year out and uh we're looking forward to 2021 please 2021's got to be better than 2020 couldn't hurt <laughs> go vote but the podcast has been bad go podcasting vote. has been bad good oh and absolutely go register to vote and go vote my god people you you have to go vote. we've
1: already got ours oh. in the bag it's your turn go make it happen
0: exactly All right, well, Tom, uh, thanks very much. Uh, You put this one on the list, so I don't know if I should thank you for that, but I appreciate you coming on and talking with me about it.
1: Always a good time.
0: So uh, we'll say goodbye for now. Bye, everybody. See you.